Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Red Pill Your Healthcast. My name is Dr. Charlie Fagenholtz, and I'm here with Lauren Johnson, nurse practitioner, but functional. Got to throw in the functional. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about a topic that relates to everybody. You know, we, we didn't do much preparing for this episode because there's really nothing really much to prepare for because everyone will immediately um, know what we're talking about. And we were just going to talk about what we find causes this the most, and that is fatigue. Now we know fatigue is a general term. Um, and so many people experience fatigue. And I would argue that most people don't know what it's like to feel well. And until you feel well, you don't understand how fatigued you were. Yeah. And what's, we're going to start with let's, um, Let's, where do you want to go with this, Lauren? Let's just have a conversation and I'm sure people will love it. You know, I don't know many healthcare providers that haven't had a patient that comes in with fatigue. The funny thing is that like you see children bouncing off the walls, have all this energy, and then they hit adulthood and you have all these people with fatigue and it's like, why, why aren't they asking why this is like, why is all of a sudden there is no energy? Like, if you look at the life that we used to live, you know, a hundred years ago, that would not have been busy, like, like possible to actually maintain life if you did not have the energy levels. And so we have to think about how our lives have changed in the last 100 years, our productivity levels have changed, but like somehow they've increased, but it's all related to technology and sitting yep. down in front of a computer and blue light that's sucking our energy. Um, not to mention crazy that you say that is because I was just in my head trying to think back of like childhood, middle school, grade school, even high school. I don't remember anyone ever talking about fatigue. No, like no. no one was tired. I know, I know it existed and I'm not, we're not no. saying chronic fatigue syndrome or well, and we, well, yeah, we can talk about that separately, but like, yeah. we're not saying that people were not tired. There were definitely instances and in that it was, you know, common, but like, it wasn't what it is today where right. even like 25 year olds are tired all the time, yep. but what are they? They're stressed out. They're on their screens all the time. They're comparing themselves on social media all the time. Um, you know, they're eating foods that are devoid of nutrients. So they don't have the energy, the nutrient levels they need, the inner, the food, the actual food yep. um, that they need, or they're avoiding, uh, animal protein and certain sources of food. Yep. Um, you know, they're intermittent fasting, which that just leaves them depleted and exhausted. We, there's so many avenues we could go down, but sure. we want to talk about just some of the big things with fatigue, um, that could be coming up and we'll talk about adrenals and thyroid and all that on all the things with that too. Yeah. And I think the way you started is perfect because at the end of the day, it's toxicity that creates deficiency that you and I always say, right. Yeah. And so we live in such a toxic world that it's a matter of time if we're not building our health actively that we're going to break down. Like you, you can't coast uphill and you have to go uphill to build your health. You can only coast downhill and too many people in this world are coasting. Now, the things that in my clinical practice that I see cause the most fatigue are foods and infections. Now, I know I say this all the time, but I'm telling you folks, it's so dang common when I was in California and we would do health classes, I would always, whenever someone would ask about infections, the biggest thing I would say is what happens when you have the flu or the common cold? What, what happens to you? You get achy, you get fatigued, right? You get a uh, warm temperature. You just don't feel good. 
So why is it that we need to have the common cold or the flu to think that a virus, that's the only time a virus is affecting us? Say it's low levels of a chronic virus like the herpes family, cytomegalo, Coxsackie, uh, RSV. And if, or if those are in our system at low levels, we're going to feel crummy all day long, but not full-blown fever. And so I used to always want to get people to realize it doesn't take a full-blown fever for you to have a subclinical infection. And well, yeah, go ahead. And you got to think about, I don't think people struggled with the chronic virus that we struggle with as much today because there wasn't as much of an onslaught of toxins and things that we're exposed to that just make our body not be able to put out all the fires at once. Yeah. And so these viruses are just kept at low levels where they can't completely put out the fire. Yeah. And, and we're sticking our children full of vaccines yes. that just absolutely is like throwing gasoline on a fire, literally injecting gasoline into, into a fire basically, because you have these viruses that when they get into your blood, remember, if you guys have you know, listened to our vaccine videos, if you watch, listen to my vaccine um, membership video, it's not a good plan to just go directly into the blood supply. You miss most of the immune system and your body goes into emergency mode. Now anything is possible. So this virus can get into your brain. It can get into any organ and it can live there dormant for years until your toxic load is too much. Your cup overspills and all of a sudden you're hit with chronic fatigue. And why all of a sudden? Because everyone, I know I'm, I'm going on a rant here, but Everyone always is looking for what happened to you in the last week when something like fatigue comes on, but it takes years sometimes to build all this stuff. And then it hits you like a ton of bricks. And then your body is basically a symptom is a cry for help. And the louder the cry, louder the symptom, the louder the cry. And so um, I see it all the time. I see it all the time. Yep. Yep. Oh, I mean, and... I, the amount of like <laughs> chronic herpes that oh, is yeah. a thing now that you know, it didn't used to be. And it's not that herpes wasn't around then. Correct. It's that our immune system, our body was able to, to, to kill it, to squash yep. it. And yep. it's not as much, it's not as much able to anymore with just the complete onslaught of toxins, not to mention um, vaccines that have introduced into the bodies and just caused hazard. I mean, just hazardous and lifelong effects. Totally. And so um, again, in, in somebody who's been vaccinated for multiple things, not COVID, but multiple <laughs> things, um, in the past many years ago, but it's just like, you know, there's not many as a nurse you have, I mean, that is part of it. And so yeah. we're not saying we haven't gone through this ourselves. We're saying, this is what we've found clinically. Correct. And I am also fully vaccinated besides COVID vaccine, right? Parents didn't know what they didn't know. Right. Well, yeah. and fully vaccinated for us and our thirties is not what a fully vaccinated child is today. So correct. Although I was 20 days after the change in schedule, uh, January 23rd, 1989, which it changed January 1st, 1989. So I did get into when it started getting intense. Okay. So I was 87. Yep. So it was two, it was two years because 86 is when they signed in that there's no more liability. So it took them three years before they rolled it out. And January 1st, 1989 is when they officially changed the schedule. So, and I was born, I was born two months early. I was very preemie. Oh. And so I was like five pounds when I was born. And I think I was in the hospital for like the first like weeks of my life, essentially. Um, and then I got all my vaccines. And so I was the sick kid growing up, right? I caught every cold, every flu, 
you know, Charlie's going to be the one who has the sensitive stomach. Now I'm looking back all the parasites I had, all the skin stuff, all the steroids I was on, all the inhalers, all the migraines. I can, I can just play it in my head and I know what that's like. And I was going to go to pharmacy school, but now I'm doing what I'm doing because I saw there was a better way. And if it can change me and as things have changed you, now we can bring this to the world essentially. And that's a long rant for what I was going to say was the two most common infections that cause fatigue that I see are viruses and fungus. Candida issues are rampant, which a lot of it comes from sugar intake, antibiotic use, um, and what you were talking about, birth control. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh yes. Birth control. And how many women are put on birth control? Oh yeah. They are given antidepressants, which will deplete their nutrients as well. I'm not saying that no one's ever been helped by an antidepressant, just saying that there are definite issues with them. Um, And then also given, you know, ibuprofen for all the headaches that they have, which induces leaky gut within hours Um, and not saying to never that there's never a place to take it, but it's all a rest. It's like this perfect storm um, for setting up for nutrient depletion and fatigue. It's all built, all of those remedies are built upon emergency medicine. And when we use emergency medicine in times to try to build our health or for things like the common cold, it doesn't take a genius to realize that over time, we're going to create a very sick person because the founder of, I don't know, his name's escaping me. Um, whoever created the first medication or whatever said that when you give a medication, you have to treat the person twice, once for the disease and once for the toxicity of the medication. I want to say it was William Osler. I don't know why. I was thinking it was William Osler. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, That's what I thought, but I didn't want to butcher it. So uh, at least I was not, I'm not 100%, but it sounds like William Osler. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, let's talk about, you know, some of the other um, patterns of fatigue, because there's many different types of fatigue. There's fatigue in the morning. There's fatigue after meals. There's fatigue in the afternoon. There's fatigue all day. When you say that, okay, sorry, go on. What were you saying? I was going to say, if you have fatigue all day, then I start thinking fungal viral infection and and liver congestion. Liver will always, always create fatigue that is constant. I want to also say if you're fatigued in the morning, well, there's several things, blood sugar um, up and down can definitely be a factor, but also are you mouth breathing overnight and not actually getting in deep sleep? Um, I do want to make sure- we mentioned that because, uh, you know, it's something that we just see every baby and every adult, like their mouth breathes. It's just so common now that we don't actually think there's an abnormality to it, but it's, it's normal. It's more normal today than it was, I would say 50 years ago, um, for our mouths, uh, to be open. Um, well, I mean, what Weston A. Price was obviously looking at this stuff hundred, well, almost probably 80 years ago. So like, obviously it's been an issue, but you know, for a long time, but now it's like, I don't know a child who doesn't mouth breathe, right? I don't know who baby doesn't mouth breathe. And it's not that it's like, you need to immediately act, but it is something to recognize that the correct tongue posture is in the roof of the mouth with the mouth closed, that you get that good suction to the top of the mouth. You get the palate expansion, you get the nasal breathing, get the nitric oxide oxide production and it just flows from there um you humidify the air you cleanse the air through your nose you're not breathing in all these viruses and bacteria through your mouth where your tonsils and adenoids are breathing it in so it's all that's all related but you also just don't get as deep asleep with 
mouth breathing. And yeah. so that can keep you awake and in a, a lighter level of sleep. And that's something to, to consider, especially yeah. as an adult. Cause I do think a lot of people would, will benefit from mouth taping. Totally. I and- can link the one that I use that I like that my myofunctional therapist, um, had me start using and I like it better than any that I've used. And I've tried several, but it changes my sleep when I use you it. Notice a big difference. Oh, 100%. Now yeah. I'm also doing the malfunctional therapy and doing the tie release at some point. So like, I'm sure that will help too eventually, yeah. but I will say that if I go without my mouth tape, I feel different in the morning. Um, 100% different. And so that is something to consider. All right, folks, you heard her, you heard it here folks. <laughs> um, and then one other thing I'll add about sleep is, you know, what's the hormone that regulates our sleep melatonin. What is on a tear totter of melatonin? Cortisol. And so we live in a society where most things pump our stress hormone known as cortisol. And when you do that, you deplete your melatonin. And um, that's not, that's a big no-no. Because yeah, melatonin I mean, is the second most potent antioxidant in your body next to glutathione, which comes from methylation, which we did a whole podcast uh, recently on that. So go check that one out. Yeah. And that's one thing, you know, if you, if you're not methylating well, you are going to be more tired because your body's just not getting rid of toxins as well. And that's how you produce energy. Methylation is how you produce your ATP, your energy of your cells. And the other, so I've already talked about viral and fungal, which we'll talk about remedies at the end. Um, But another infection that you all know that we love that we just talked about is parasites because parasites destroy your mitochondria. And that's where your ATP and your energy production comes from. So if you're not methylating properly, you have parasites, uh, chances are you don't have enough energy in your body, which will give you fatigue, but it also stops your ability to repair your cells because you need energy. It's like physics 101, right? And and chemistry 101, you need that amount of energy to have chemical reactions take place and to rebuild your whole system. Now, let's talk a little bit about, uh, go through the fatigue. So in my experience, if you wake up fatigued, usually, and, and, you know, we already covered mouth breathing and stuff like that. It's usually a thyroid issue. Yeah. Thyroid, yeah. you know, that's why iodine can wake you up because it can get your thyroid going. Um, again, another thing is you wake up tired. Uh, and if you're a little more achy, it's more of a lymphatic issue because your lymph system is your garbage can of your body. And every, everything to do with inflammation has to go through the garbage can to get excreted. And so, uh, the issue with your lymph supply is it's not like your blood supply, right? Your blood has your heart that pumping. pumps your blood and lymph doesn't have anything like that. So it moves through muscle contraction and hydration. What are we doing all night? We're not moving our muscles. So the more toxins you have this, and the, you're obviously not moving muscles at nighttime, the more lymph congestions you're going to have. And that's when you're going to wake up groggy. If you, if you feel better as the day goes on lymph issue. Yeah. Now your favorite herb for lymph. Mangista Supreme. Mangista is a phenomenal lymph cleaner. Yes. And that's something that I was just talking about with uh, enlarged adenoids. Yeah. Um, that is something that you want to consider for opening drainage pathway with the lymph. So, so good. And, and so as the morning goes on, say you feel better, that's a lymph issue. If you crash after meals, that is a blood sugar issue. Okay. That's a blood sugar and a low stomach acid issue. You could be eating food sensitivities too. Yep. And you know, that let's just say it right here. 
what you eat and how you eat it matters too when it comes to blood sugar. So it's not just that it's whole foods, although I do really think it's important that you're eating whole foods and you're balancing it with animal protein. Because if you don't have those nutrients that are in animal protein, which we have discussed before on our meat podcast, but if you if you aren't balancing things, then you're just it's you're not going, your blood sugar is going to do more of a roller coaster without the protein and the fat content and the amino acids and everything in meat. And so it will be helpful to balance your protein or balance your meals with protein and fat with whole food carbs. I'm not saying like you can't have carbs because I don't actually think that is actually not good. A lot of people fall into the low carb trap and they think, uh, oh, I need for blood sugar balance. I need to just eat low carb. And I will say I've been there before. I do think I feel better on less carbs than like the, you know, some people, but it's whole food. As long as I stick to whole foods and it's not a lot of grains, it's no. not a lot of, um, of, of up and down, then, you know, you, you do better. So fruit, um, it's a, it's a big one for me that you can better, you can do a good whole food carb, sweet potatoes, um, things like that. Yeah. They and balance of protein and fat too. Your brain does work off of glucose. And yeah. so you just need the right sources of glucose. Um, I know the keto camp wants to say <clears throat> that you go off of ketones, but I don't think keto is sustainable long-term. Um, I, I haven't seen similar to being vegan. I haven't seen keto long-term great. And I think there's a place for it. Obviously, yeah, look no, at no the, no the uh, neurologically with seizures. Yes. Phenomenal um, for seizures, definitely. With, uh, cancer with different brain things. It definitely 100% keto has. Oh, and there's some researchers looking at it with um, with mental illness, like schizophrenia. Mm. And and that's, of course, we know that's all. there's also, an, also a methylation issue there. But I do think there is a point that uh, there's a time and place where that might be helpful. But we're just saying long term, that may yeah. not be the best um, right. to think about. Yeah. All right. So we covered um, that's blood sugar. And then say you are crashing all the time at like 2, 3 p.m. That's an adrenal issue. Yeah. Still, all this is related. Your adrenals and thyroid are on a teeter-totter. Your adrenals secrete your stress hormone. Your stress hormone raises blood sugar. Your liver has to dump the blood sugar your system gets stressed. Like it all comes back to insulin and blood sugar and cortisol at the end of the day, usually. Um, but different times of the day, will just tell you, Hey, just here's a clue of maybe it's more of this system or, or this part of the system. Cause it's all related. Yeah. And if you're having like, cause cortisol is needed. Yeah. Not you need a bad it. Thing. It's an anti-inflammatory um, in nature. Yes. It's not a bad thing. A lot of people will like demonize cortisol and not like it's not, they're not, they don't mean to t- completely demonize it, but you can have too much. And yep. then eventually if your body's running on stress hormones, the whole, all the time, it will burn out and you will just not have any energy. That's, that is when you have, that's similar to a liver pattern where then you have no energy. If you do a Dutch test and you have a flatline cortisol, I can guarantee you, you are not leaving your bed. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. And, and I've had, I burned out in California where my cortisol was low on a Dutch test, but it had the right curve, but it was low besides at nighttime. It was just barely low. Um, and I would feel better at nighttime. nighttime. What'd you say? What'd you say? What it, what'd you say? It spiked at night? No, it, it was still low, but very close to normal compared to the morning and the afternoon when it was definitely in the lower range of like. Mm-hmm. under normal, but not flatline. So I still created cortisol, Good. but I didn't create enough cortisol because my adrenals have been taking a beating for years. And okay. I got, 
you know, I got on the whole, um, get out of school, treat as many patients as I can take no life worth balance and just treat, treat, treat. And my body gave me the symptom of here you are, you're going to be tired and dizzy all the time. And you're going to have hypoglycemia and all that type of stuff. So I've been there, done that. And, um, I've learned from my journey and that's kind of where all this comes from. Honestly, I'm always, you know, we learn a lot from ourselves, from our own journeys. Yes. And that's exactly the case for me too. I have definitely been there. I think Instagram is a constant, uh, hit. <laughs> and so you just kind of have to, you learn and you, and you go and you keep going and, and that's all you can do now. How, what did you do, uh, to work on your adrenals at that point when your cortisol was so low? I actually went higher fat in my diet. Um, I, I didn't eat as many carbs. My issue was on Tuesdays, I would skip lunch. And on Wednesdays, I would do a health class at night and skip dinner until like 10 PM. So I would work on Tuesdays from nine 30 in the morning to three in the afternoon and then eat lunch. I would skip breakfast usually. Then I would work from 10 AM to 6 PM on Wednesdays and do a health class from seven to nine 30 every week for four and a half years. Mm. And then 2020 January comes around and it was right around my birthday. I got really dizzy at lunch and it took two years to like you, when you get to that level, you have to take a break from what you're doing. Like you have to go on vacation. You know, people, we live in this society of, if you don't work, you don't make money. If there's no money, there's a massive amount of stress. It doesn't matter how much money you have. If you, if you crash your cortisol, you are set up for so many issues down the road. It is worth it to take whatever, four weeks, six weeks off and just recoup. I know it sounds intense, but uh, it's it's needed in certain situations. I'm telling you, it is needed. Yeah. So you're saying there's not just a supplement to help with this. Correct. Correct. Now, <laughs> now I did supplements, right? I did I did some adrenal yeah. glandulars in the morning. I did yeah. some um, adaptogens in the afternoon and at yeah. nighttime. Um, regulating my diet was probably the biggest thing to keep yeah. my blood sugar from, from dropping. Cause what happens when your blood sugar drops, your body tries to produce more cortisol, but what happens if it's low, then you get all these symptoms, your liver gets congested. Now you are fatigued. Yeah. I mean, we're not saying there's not, we'll, we'll talk about solutions. Like, yeah, well, well yeah, I just realized that I'm so harsh not- right now. It's not just a supplement though. Like if you, like, I will do this to myself. Like I'll think that I can just keep going and keep pushing through and it's not, it's, you just can't. And no. so don't say, well, I can just take this and, or drink this shot of coffee and oh, yeah. fix this. Um, when really that's going to make things worse in the end, the best thing to do is to actually listen to your body and take a break and nourish your body. Yep. And, and again, I'm guilty of it. We talk about it on here. We're always talking about supplements because supplements are nature's medicine. They're awesome, but supplements are supplemental to the proper lifestyle, the proper sleep, the proper exercise, the proper thought process, the proper, whatever you subscribe to, um, diet obviously is huge. A lot of people will ask me, okay, I'm taking all these herbs. Does it matter what I eat? Of course it matters what you eat. Supplements are supplemental to a good diet. And, um, you have to attack it from all angles, which is, is it's simple, but it's not easy because it, it requires change and people don't like change. They don't like feeling uncomfortable. And, um, you know, if Western medicine thought this way and they would educate their patients on how to change their lifestyle, that would be a miracle. But to them, it's, there's so many people not willing to change their lifestyle 
that it's easier just to prescribe a med too on top of the financial connections behind pharma and all that type of stuff, obviously. Um, but it, what my point is that it, it does take action steps and uh, it can seem overwhelming at first, but I guarantee you it'd be the best journey you ever took. Yep. So let's talk about solutions. Yeah. Let's talk so solutions. I, I really love, here's a simple one, red light. So it works on the mitochondria. Um, it can set your day, especially with all the blue light that we see, um, starting it in the morning, using it in the evening time before bed. That is one thing that I have found personally to be very helpful to yeah. find, I found it helpful in the winter time as well. Um, there's just so many benefits. So that's one thing that, um, I definitely will advocate for. I will say that I said this last night on my live Q and A in the membership that, I think the two of the biggest futures of medicine are two things. Number one is light and lasers. Mm -hmm. Red light and lasers are the ultimate biohack for the human body. And the future of frequency medicine lies in that realm. Mm -hmm. Two, I've seen a lot of good miracles with psilocybin and the mushroom family. Okay. And, and all the mushroom family, the reishis, the cordyceps, the lines. I was going to say sound therapy. I love I sound love therapy. I, yeah. I I'm open, but I, I've seen people who have had excruciating anxiety, OCD, all this type of stuff and go do some small amounts of psilocybin and journal for hours and figure out stuff that I don't know. Microdosing. Yeah. Microdosing. Yeah. I'm not talking about about going on a weekend and just going. No, don't do five grams of shrooms and like start hallucinating like that. That's a whole different ball game. I truly believe, I truly believe God gave us the things that we need to heal our bodies. Yeah. I haven't, I had, I know there are tons of studies to actually show the benefits of these things and microdosing. I haven't, um, gone into, haven't dove into it. No, no. Um, but I do think that there's a, there is a time and place and I'm sure that if it's done correctly, that can be very helpful. I would rather have doctors prescribing a small amount of shrooms than, uh, Ritalin and, um, what's the ADD one that everyone, why am I blanking out? Adderall. Yeah. Adderall. About an adrenal hit. Yeah. That crashes your adrenals. The, the amount of, I wonder the percentages of people on Adderall or on kids on stimulants. It is gotta be it's yeah, gotta it's be i mean I would, I would rather them do a that load will 100 crash your adrenals and eventually they won't work um and so that is one thing that you that really it's going to come crashing down eventually absolutely it's not a t- it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when yep so okay so we talked about red light um we let's talk i have a little list so we talked about infections so mm-hmm. my favorite for viral vervita immune armor obviously uh, depends on what type of virus. So if we're going more, uh, to the old, like herpes type viruses, I throw in olive leaf and cat's claw. If it's flu viruses, Elysium. And if it is, um, common cold type viruses, uh, I will do Wode Supreme, but you said EBV that's in the herpes family. Ah, bars herpes. You didn't know that? I don't think I knew that. Yeah. It's herpes family. So Epstein-Barr is a herpes family virus. Yeah. So olive leaf, cat's claw. Olive leaf and cat's claw for that one. Yep. Immune armor. Um, that can do wonders for people. Yeah. You know, a lot of people ask, you know, if I'm pregnant breastfeeding, I use it's, olive it's, leaf. Just, like this. All, a lot of people ask if I'm pregnant breastfeeding. That's what you said. 
I know. Well, you know what I meant. Hear what I mean, not what I say. Okay. A lot of people ask if these herbs are safe during pregnancy. or Yes. Don't get it twisted. I'm not doing pronouns here or anything like that. So um, what I'll say is I find that olive leaf is fine during pregnancy and fine during breastfeeding. And I think companies are going to come out soon and say that it's okay. Now, right now the companies don't say that. I'm just telling you my clinical experience. I have had no issues with olive leaf uh, when people are pregnant or breastfeeding. But would you start like, would you like one capsule? Yeah, a capsule, day? a cap, yeah. half a cap a day, you know, just listen to your body, start low. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that you don't really want a time to push it. Um, yeah. But I do think that all of leaf is Immune there. armor is safe for all of it. Yeah. So that would be one thing that you could do just, in, you know. Yep. And even like reishi mushroom would be good for yeah. during pregnancy too, for yeah. viral, because that helps it's liver yeah, they're back to the mushroom but, family. But, but medicinal mushrooms, those are, I mean, absolutely wonderful um, for uh, reishi is great. Adrenal support, liver support. Um, great for kids. Um, yep. too. Yeah, I would give it to our daughter. Um, we haven't given her in a while, but we were going to her all the time. I would, I gave it to my oldest for mm, three or four months. I mean, yeah. it was a little while. That was a typically a little bit longer one, but I, uh, I gave that to her for a good long while. So that's viral fungal is golden thread supreme and if you are pregnant or breastfeeding then it's scutellaria supreme then yeah. you make a little switch yeah. um and then if you are not uh breastfeeding or pregnant i will also a lot of times throw in mirinda supreme which is noni which is a gentle uh, broad spectrum works on a lot of pathogens, but it's really good for fungal yeast. It's actually the one that I will have people take when they're traveling to places. So if they're going to Mexico, they're going to a different water source. Mirinda is what I will use. Um, any other ones you like for it? Black cumin oil we've talked about as well. Obviously is antifungal. Uh, any other ones you like? Um, well, I, I really think I, all of leave is like my favorite currently. Um, it's so but- good. Uh, it's and so dang good. I love uh, golden thread is strong. Um, so if you do, like I do support starting slow with it. Yeah. Um, because you don't want to feel bad if you start a new herb and you start feeling yep. bad, then that's yep. a sign either it's too harsh or just to slow down. I will even say like, go every other day, every couple of days. Yep. Um, I, I don't, some is better than none. Yeah. Some, some I, and, and then kind of ease into it. Um, you, the body is correcting itself and that can take energy from you. And so you don't want to feel bad while, uh, you're using those things. So, and just a little, uh, clinical pearl or a little bit of knowledge. Look, you remember Snapple? Do you ever remember iced tea, Snapple, Snapple facts? Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Man, I used to love to get Snapple just to see what the weird fact was underneath that cap. Yeah. Um, anyway. So the founder of Supreme, his favorite herb for, fungal and really if he had to pick one of all of them it'd be malia supreme which is neat yeah yeah Yeah. i was actually gonna say that because i you know that was one thing that i felt like my oldest who had struggled with uh with fungal malia morinda that was a big duo for her totally um and she then she did scutellaria for a little while afterwards but like i felt like that was like a big game changer for her yeah he he goes with malia and then uh, his son, who actually owns the company now, his go-to is usually Golden Thread. Okay. So it's a little father-son duo, so to speak. Uh, but Malia is 
is neem is such a great herb. You know, we always talk about it for parasites, but it does yeast. It does viral. It does bacterial. That's the wonderful thing about all of these. I mean, cause like all of these will also do yes. some parasites, do right? Parasites. It'll do SIBO. It'll do yeah. fungus. It'll do parasite or it'll do um, viral as we talked about. And so it's, it's nice to kind of try and see what, how you feel on these things, but you know, if not, not good, then maybe go to the next thing. Cause There are so many herbs that have just so many actions that can be helpful. Absolutely. Okay. So that's infection for parasites. We talked about the mitochondria. We have a whole episode on that. So let's not regurgitate that. Um, Okay. So uh, in the morning, if it's lymph, mangista, we talked about that. Thyroid. I really think that you got to play your thyroid right. So you should get a full thyroid panel before you just start throwing stuff at thyroid. Yeah. Now, one one that I've seen that is generally safe for all thyroid is actually um, Sumarut. It's called Endo Supreme, and it deals with all of the endocrine system. So it's a good balancer of the whole endocrine axis. Um, but you should know, as we did our thyroid podcast, just listen to what we said on that. Get tested. Don't guess with the thyroid because it can. Uh, you don't want to throw your thyroid into a full blown Hashimoto's if you don't know that you have that. Right. right. Um, but we did a whole podcast on that. Adrenals. This is what we were talking about. So, right. Adrenals. What's your favorites? I really love Regenerzyme Adrenal. Now yeah. that one is, and that's glandulars, but there's also nutrients in there that are going to be helpful with B vitamins, a little bit of magnesium. Um, there's, there's things in there that are helpful for a well-rounded adrenal support. Um, yep. I do love ashwagandha and Tulsi and, um, holy basil. I think those are fantastic, um, adrenal adaptogens. Yep. Um, I always get asked if ashwagandha and holy basil are, uh, breastfeeding safe. They're not technically recommended during pregnancy, but during breastfeeding, I, I, I will use ashwagandha. Yep. Same. And yeah, so ashwagandha is probably the, the king of adaptogens for the adrenals. Yeah. Most people know about it. Um, it is a nightshade. So if you are severely nightshade sensitive, then try Tulsi, which is holy basil. And then I'm going to throw in there Shisandra because oh, Shisandra yeah. is an adrenal adaptogen and it works on every single one of your liver's detoxification pathways and not many herbs, if any, can say that. So it's good for the liver and it's good for the adrenals. Bingo. So that's that, it, you know, that blood sugar crash. Infection, like it's yes. just that all around good stuff. So good. So that would be my adrenal ones. I think that is mostly everything. We talked methylation. We talked InspiraCell, which should be out in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, but just know that with fatigue, uh, there's a reason. It's not normal. It's a perfect example of how people confuse common and normal. It's common it is not normal. And there's something that you can do. And I think we labeled, or we put out some good action steps dealing with certain infections, sleep with mouth breathing, uh, making sure your melatonin's proper, the medications that will deplete all your nutrients. If your nutrients are depleted, my favorite two to re replete them, if that's even a word, maybe I just made that up is Inspiracel or Regenerzyme Heart. That's going to be the best ones to help replenish uh, what's stolen from birth control and uh, medications. Yeah. And I want to mention here that if you are struggling with fatigue and then you're struggling with just one thing after another, you start having trouble putting your words together. 
Now there might be some thyroid there going on, but also, um, if it's like one thing after another, you are, you have some stomach issues, you might have some yeast issues, really look at mold. Yeah, um, mold. you really, it fatigue is the body will, is like trying to protect itself yep. and, and it's reserving its energy. And so I, I really would, you know, and now mold is a, is a whole rabbit hole and it's really hard to go down. It's a very expensive rabbit hole. Um, yeah. but there are things that you can do still to support yourself while living in mold. One of them is Chisandra and a binder. Yeah. One is Taksumi, um, air purifiers and B propolis yeah. and things like that. There is right a lot. Now, that there's that sale on sale for the spring, um, for oh, yeah. air and stuff. That's so going to be going on through next week too. So, um, this okay. you should, even into the weekend, you should be able to, to grab that. It's a really good sale, um, that I highly recommend. Um, but you know, it's something that you need to consider is mold is one of those chronic exposures that can cause a lot of fatigue. Yeah. And especially with mold is like, uh, mood disorders, right? People will kind of not be themselves. Yeah. You know, if someone's like, man, I just don't feel myself. You might want to check mold because that is definitely a monster. And I don't think we've mentioned trauma. Um, like yeah. emotional trauma. So, yeah. I think that you know, I, well, even if we look at like the traumatizing world of today, um, yeah. the, the emotional heaviness of, yeah. I know when things like get really heavy in the world, I just, I have to take a step back, yeah. um, you know, and just Kinda like that vacation, that mental break. Yeah. I mean, I, and just focus on the things that I can control in my home and in my day-to-day -day life. And it is something that I don't think we're going to see less of. I think it's going to keep happening. And so what can we do to protect ourselves? We make sure we do the foundational things. We wake up in the morning. We see the morning sunrise. We do breathing techniques. We tap. I mean, that is one of like, I, like I tapped like, I don't know, five times a day with my kids. Yeah. Um, and so that those day-to-day -day things that's free yeah, and talk a lot about supplements here and things like that. And I love supplements, but that is not all of it. It needs to, you need to focus on like the things that are free, um, that really do make a difference. Outside, sit in the, sit in the sunrise and that'll, that'll be a great way to start your day. The more we get back to nature, the better we will be folks. Yeah. So, all right. I think that is it. Uh, time for your favorite nurse practitioner to read something at the end of the episode that we always have to do. Yes. Oh, did we, oh, wait, we Wait, oh, I didn't mention one, a couple things, magnesium, um, <laughs> the adrenals, you burn your minerals. So uh, if you, Oh, you did, you did. You said it was in regenerative. Okay. 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 And then, um, make sure you're drinking enough electrolytes. Uh, a lot of people drink, uh, mineral depleted water. Make yep. sure you are, um, sodium and potassium will be burned. Hydration. How do we forget hydration? Uh, hydration. Like hydration is huge with fatigue. Oh, uh, I can't believe that we just um, hydration. Maybe yes. the most important thing to yeah. do folks is to get adequate water. That's good, but you will be amazed by if you increase your water to half your body weight in ounces, or even a little more than that, watch what happens to your energy levels. I'm telling you your water, your body works off water. So can't believe we forgot that. That's what we get for doing this at, you know, 9 PM. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so I always add minerals back in. I use different things. I use body bio. I use Quentin. Um, I do still use a cell core liquid and I know it's going to be, it's not the same thing anymore. Yeah, um, about to sell that for a lot of money. 
I know. Uh, but there are, you know, you do want to replenish your minerals, especially if you're drinking distilled or uh, RO water. Um, that is something to to really think about. And I, I think about it when, it, and even with just tap water, because it's just like that, I feel like that water is just dead, yeah. dead water. That's not really fully nourishing the cell. And yep. so um, that's something to think about is with water. All yeah, right. Yes. We've been doing the Quentin minerals that you yeah. mentioned that we really like. And then uh, the one that has really no taste that I also like is pure encapsulations, just electrolyte powder. Yeah. Um, then using that too. And like you said, it, it goes a long way. So, yeah, I, I, I will use the jigsaw pickleball. It has jigsaw, like yeah. stevia, but it's like, it's, I don't use it all the time, but I do think it's helpful. It has a lot of potassium. Potassium is mm. a big one. It uh, is. A lot of people are any muscle twitching or eye twitching potassium. Yeah. Efficiency. yeah. Um, and that's why I do really like adrenal cocktails. I don't love the sugar that a lot of people love to encourage with adrenal cocktails. They'll do a little bit of orange juice and a little bit of coconut water. And I'm like, that's a ton of sugar. And my blood sugar doesn't do well with that. And so I always use just a straight powder, which I can um, link in the show notes, but, or I will make it with like a whole food Z powder, a little bit of salt and a little bit of cream of tartar, or you could use like the baobab. I don't know how to say that. It's I'll link it. It's a good source <laughs> of potassium. I know it's, it's late. Um, it's a good source of potassium and yeah. it tastes great. Like, so that one's another good one to, um, do as sources of potassium, but I don't love the roller coaster that orange juice and coconut water will put you, will put your blood sugar on. Now, I think there's a place for coconut water. I usually keep one in the fridge in case one of the kids are sick. Um, yeah. but I don't, love it all the time. And so I, I do like using other ways to get those um, minerals in. Perfect. All right. This is not meant to be medical advice. This is meant to be educational. Please speak with your healthcare provider before changing anything. You crushed it on that one. I was shocked that you did that so fluently at this hour. <laughs> um, all right. I, folks. I've typed it out a lot. It's actually like <laughs> a, 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 um, what is it? A smart text on my phone. Yep. There you go. I type it out so much. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, thank you all for the support. Um, I've had many people, I didn't even tell Lauren this, reaching out saying how much they love our podcast. People that I went to high school with, people that I haven't been in contact with in forever, people at the local urban market restaurant near where I practice, um, just saying that you know they appreciate our honesty and stuff and you know bringing things to the light that most people won't talk about and then giving solution and action steps. So this is why we started doing it. And it is awesome to see people appreciating the way that we appreciate it too. And um, that we'll keep doing this for all of you. So again, thank you all for the support. We love you all and we'll see you on the next one.